Hello and welcome to this final boss fight audio podcast of Masks of Nyarlathotep, where a group of intrepid investigators face ancient horrors and global conspiracies as dark schemes herald the end of the world. My name is Jeff and I am the Keeper of Arcane Law for this campaign. So, without any further delay, let us begin. Hello and welcome to Final Boss Fight. My name is Jeff and tonight we return to Call of Cthulhu Masks of Nyarlathotep. We're trying out a new layout tonight. So this may change over the coming weeks, but um, we'll see how it goes. Um, this is now a YouTube-only series for various reasons, but we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to tonight. I've got there's lots of cool stuff here that I want to I want to show you guys. So I'm really looking forward to how it goes. Um, All right, I've got to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, we 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 never were. trust it when a DM says that. <laughs> <laughs> we we were we were joined by Ben. <laughs> Quest giver. <laughs> Hello. Pleasure to see you all. We're joined by Tonight Brian. I'll be playing Denver. Denver oh. Smith. Sorry. <laughs> We're also joined by Brian. Yes. Hello. Um, by Robin. Hiya. Oh, who has grown a pair of cat ears, apparently. Yep. <laughs> and we're joined by Kieran. Hi. And we shall um, let. Well, without any further ado, let's begin. Um, Brian, would you care to give the recap for the last session, please? Uh, yes, this is a like. Uh, how many lines says it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, <laughs> thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Uh, twenty lines. So you might want to start okay. eating dinner now. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Understood. I'm sure. I'm sure. It'll be, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> Tim, <clears throat> Tim, and Flint both went to Jackson Elias's funeral. Gideon having returned to England and Eckhart to the university, and Denver Smith having yet to arrive. There were only a few mourners, including reporter Rebecca Schosenberg, publisher Carlton Ramsey, lawyer Jonah Kensington, Jackson's niece Rilla. And writer Paul Fr and writers Paul Fricka, Scott Dorwood, and Matt Sanderson. Minister asked if there was anything anyone would like to say with Tim, saying how he met and knew Elias, including a rather interesting story. Tim went to speak with Rebecca. Flint remembers that she wrote an article about Elias's death, and asked what she thought, and she said. She believes that Hilton Adams was set up and they promised to meet up later to discuss the matter. After that, they went over to speak with Ramsey, Kensington, and Rilla, with Kensington inviting the two investigators to his office on Monday for the reading of Jackson's will, as well as to talk about Jackson. They went over to speak with Fricka, Dorwood, and Sanderson and heard of antique store owner Lester Goodman. Tim and Flint then went to go and speak with Rebecca, who showed evident, evidence that causes the belief that an African death cult was involved rather than Adams, while also suggesting Captain Robertson is not innocent. Rebecca said she would try to set up a meeting with Mrs. Adams. After that, Tim and Flint went to Goodman's antique store, where they met the permanently smiling Lester Goodman. Tim was creeped out and gave his name as H. Ryder Haggard, Flint as Lon Chaney, and the absent Eckhart as Arnold Kaiser, with Goodman not recognizing either as obvious aliases. Tim asked if Goodman had anything about a fellow named Nardothotep and learned about Neferen Ka, who worshipped an unknown forbidden god. Jackson had come learning for sorry, Jackson had come for Africa's dark sex, which is only to be found at the Boston Library. Goodman then attempted to sell Tim and Flint a black sphinx, which could not be acquired at the time. As they left, Tim got a feeling that he had that's Goodman before. I thought it was a gift from one of her admirers. But everyone wanted to know. 
I think that is where we ended last time. Thank you very much. That was very good. It is, yeah. That was very mm, good. That yeah. was. Um, I, I like. I like the smiles on Kieran's face when Lester Goodman was mentioned. <laughs> I think. I think. You're I think such yeah. a fan. Like you, you love an Easter egg, and I. I'm <laughs> for that. That's fine. Yep. Um. So, uh, I couldn't see this one because obviously I was looking at the document. That's absolutely fine. That's absolutely fine. So, we begin on the morning of Monday, the nineteenth of January. Um, just to correct a couple of bits in your otherwise excellent recap, Brian. Um, Willa is the niece of Carlton Ramsay, the lawyer, and it is oh, Carlton. Dear. It's fine, and it is Carlton Ramsay to whom you are going for the will. Jonah Kensington is Jackson Eliza's publisher, but that's only small details. Apart from that, everything else is amazing. Um, so Flint and Tim staying at the Waldorf Astoria. Um, I'm going to move you to the New York map. I'm going to say, uh, Flint's going to walk in and give uh, Tim a kick in the head. <laughs> the, tra- the traditional wake-up call for um, for Flint and Locke. So, yeah. Just glad it ain't me. <laughs> As you both head downstairs, Tim, the concierge at the reception desk, um, says, Oh, Mr. Sullivan, there's um, two telegrams for you. Oh, yes? Hold on, let's uh, see them. Um, One of them is from um, Professor Eckhart Metz, indicating that he will be arriving at Grand Central Station on the 1143 train from Arkham. The other one is from Denver Smith, um, who will be arriving on the 1037 train um, from Boston. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. What have you got uh, there? It seems Eckhart and Denver will be arriving very shortly. Mm, excellent. I'm sure uh, I can uh, give Denver some more trophies. <laughs> yes, perhaps. And we may need an alias for him too if we go to see Goodman. I don't trust that man. Yeah, you seem to uh, think that. Mm. I don't trust anyone. A wise policy. <laughs> Grand well, Central. I think that sounds like our morning's sorted out, doesn't it? Yes. Picking Grand... up these two slowpokes. Grand Central Station is a large bustling hub of activity. It's a very grand area, as the name suggests, like high arches. Um, and at the appointed time, 10.37, the train from Boston rolls in. And Denver Smith alights from the train. Ugh. Oh, God, I mean, just coming out dragging bags of one slung over the shoulder. Nice. These are the bits you don't need read in those books. Right. Where are those buggers? I was going to say, you see a rabbit held by its ears just thrown <laughs> in your face. <laughs> ah, god dang it! <laughs> you know what? It's good to see you too. And I don't have a gift for you, but I'll find one at the local bar. Oh, Sounds like a plot. First, we need a place to put this stuff down. Actually, hang on. Just throw it at you. Be a pal! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the smell. I've had a few undies in there which haven't had a wash for at least a week. <laughs> oh, Flint kind of sniffs and he's like, "I've smelled worse." <laughs> ben. Tim just has a just has a deadpan uh, expression on his face and goes, "Wonderful." <laughs> right. So, what have I missed? Give me the important details. I know that we ain't got much time. Let's face it, I'm late as it is. Yes, well, how about we start with Liz? Jackson was murdered and we are going to to his well reading. Oh. What? Yeah. But... 
And yeah. I don't know how to take the wind out of your sails. Uh, we didn't quite catch the assailants in time. Well, no worries. I'm sure there'll be plenty of time for that. I suppose revenge is a uh, second best to justice. But... We also met a... acquaintance of his by the name of Lester Goodman. Aye. Um, a uh, rather... peculiar looking fellow. Okay. He wanted to sell us a sphinx. I don't trust him. The moment I saw him, I gave my name as H. Ryder Hagar and said Flint's here was Lon Chaney. Okay, so, uh, I need to make sure I keep a note on that one. So, Chaney, and what did you place yourself down as? H. Ryder Hagar. Uh, just go by Hagar, that's fine. I said Eckhart, I refer to Eckhart as Arnold Kaiser, so it's best that we not give our real names with this person. I don't no. trust him one bit. Better safe than sorry, I always see. Apart from when you're running into battle, in which case, well, safety's gone out the window. <laughs> so what did you say that last one was? Kaiser. Kaiser, okay. All right, Genie, Hegar, Kaiser, got it. So, what, where are we going for? Well, first off, we need to wait for uh, our good friend Kaiser to get in. Ah. He's due in about half an hour or so. I say we go grab a cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> and uh, for the sake of myself, uh, Call me Wallace. Tons Wallace. of Scottish. There's tons of Scottish Wallaces. Arthur <laughs> Wallace. That'd be the one. As you go okay, to, we're on it. <laughs> as you go to get your coffee, we're gonna blow Eckhart for a little bit. Um Eckhart, two days ago on the morning of the seventeenth, you received a telegram from Miskatonic University. It's exam season, as we said before, and apparently someone made an absolute pig's breakfast of the marking, and apparently it's only you, Professor Eckhart Metz, who could come in and sort it out. So, full of apologies, you had to catch the first train back to Arkham, back to Miskatonic University, and not going to lie, it's been a thoroughly boring two days trying to correct these student papers. However, on the evening of the 18th, um, your probably in the library, still working away, um, when you hear a voice behind you. Mets, you old dingo, I haven't seen you for ages. I thought you dropped off the face of the earth. You turn around and you see this person. Professor Anthony Cowles. You know him to be a professor at the University of Sydney in teaching at Miskatonic for about a year he's been there for five months already and your paths cross with him because his uh, main subject is anthropology and local folklore of Australia ah, okay. with a focus on aboriginal mythology and culture yeah very cool out of game for a second where did you get that photo of me <laughs> 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 I got rid of that part for a reason <laughs> ah, Carlos. Yes, it's uh, been a while. It was um, uh, the conference just uh, a few days ago. No. Oh, okay, okay. Well, we got to catch up. Why don't you come back to my office and we can have a proper sit down and natter? Sure. Yeah. You both go back to his office and. It's very much like Australian theme. There's like a couple of boomerangs, a couple of statues of um, Aboriginal Aboriginal cultural icons. He sits Didgeridoo's. down. Didgeridoo's, of course, yep. And he sits, he goes over to one of those like globe things, opens it up and he's heard of prohibition and to him it's just an, um, a nine letter word, in the, a ten letter word in the dictionary, really, or however many letters it is. 
Um, <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, oh, how, how did you get that so quickly? And then you immediately lost confidence. <laughs> you just said nine. And I'd be like, wow. It's, wow, actually, it's, really actually, it's actually 11. It's an 11 letter word in the dictionary. So he pulls out some whiskey, some bourbon. You want a drink, Mets? I can't do the Australian accent. Mets. <laughs> how, about, how about a drink? <laughs> yes, uh, I don't see any reason why not. It's been a long couple of days. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. So, where have you been hiding? Um, yeah, I heard you had to rush away quickly. Well, I've been in, uh, I've been in, in uh, New York uh, for a few days. Um, I'd say. Just, yes, pursuing some things for a friend. Uh, I need to, I need to get back as soon as I can, to be honest. Oh, you don't say. I was in New York only last week. Um, I was giving a lecture there. Um, one moment. Oh, I've got, yeah. I've got one of the bills. I've got one of the handbills here. One moment, and he digs around in his desk, and he pulls out. Where is it? I know you're in here somewhere. There you are. <laughs> he pulls out this handbill. Yeah, one night, one night only in New York. I was giving out, I was giving that lecture. In fact, um, I think I got a recording over here somewhere. If you want to hear the highlights, it's very interesting. That author fellow, Jackson oh, Life. Absolutely. That that I'm, author. I'm sorry that I, that I haven't heard of it. That that author fellow, um, Jackson Elias. He was there. He was asking lots of questions. Oh yes, yes. I uh, I saw him just the other day. Uh such a, a tragedy to hear of his uh, passing. What do you mean passing? You don't mean he's dead. Well, he uh, passed away just a, a couple of days ago. Uh, it's the funeral today. I'm, I'm, I'm missing it. Too busy you working. Don't, you don't say. Well, that's a shame that was. Yes. He was. He was. He had some good questions. Ah, here we are. And he pulls out this device. You probably recognise it. It's an edaphone. It's um, intricate. It's got like a place for a cylinder with a with a speaker with a speaker um, phone on it. And he pulls out a black plastic cylinder. He loads it in. And he goes, "Let me see all oh, this this stupid infernal contraption." It's, they say it's the latest thing where you can hear people's voices, but um, I don't know if it would catch on. Anyway, and he pushes the play button. Can I ask everybody to mute yourselves for the next few moments, please? Ooh. As he presses the button and the voice start appears from the metaphone. From the University of Sydney in Australia. Sorry, Professor, we missed part of that. Could you start again? Uh, right. Uh, hello. Or g'day as we say in my country. I'm Professor Anthony Kells, a guest lecturer from the University of Sydney in Australia. I hope you folks will bear with me tonight. Folks at the uni have asked us to use the earphone to uh, record tonight's lecture. What next, eh? <laughs> uh, so, um, tonight I'd like to... Uh, I'll be discussing the cult of darkness in Polynesia and the Southwest Pacific. So, to begin, I'd like to start with the Marshall Islands. And could you uh, advance to the uh, next slide, please? Thank you very much. So here we uh... problem with the recorder. It'll just have to try to keep up. <laughs> so then, another of the cults in this region is an Aboriginal belief in a god known to them as the Father of All Bats. In this primitive form of worship, the believers are thought to have made human sacrifices to their god. And in doing so, they became worthy to receive a visitation by the father of all bats. And once this god was enticed to appear, he would conquer all men. The sacrificial victims were run through a gauntlet of worshippers who struck them repeatedly with a bat. Sorry, I don't mean that kind of bat. I mean a cudgel or a club. And this club was embedded. This club was embedded with the sharp teeth of bats. The teeth were coated with a poison, somehow derived from fermented bat droppings. Apparently, victims went mad before they died. It's said leaders of the cult could take the form of bat-winged snakes, and this enabled them to steal sacrifices from across the land. 
Now, my evidence suggests this cult's gone extinct or dormant at any rate, and these rites haven't been practiced for hundreds of years. However, if we look to the southeast, the song cycle mentions a place where enormous beings gathered somewhere in this region of Western Australia. The songs say that these gods were not at all like men and built great sleeping walls and dug caves, but living winds blew down the gods and overthrew them, destroying their sleeping places. When this happened, the way was open for the father of all bats who came overexposed, but in this slide, these men are standing near what could be interpreted as a carved stone of megalithic proportions. If you look here, and here, you can see markings that could be some kind of decoration. Unfortunately, Mr. McGuire's party, who found these megaliths, were assaulted shortly after the discovery. Interestingly, the report given by Mr. McGuire suggested the death of one of his men came from hundreds of small punctures thus bringing to mind the abandoned practices of the Sandbat cult. Authorities made this with from this region here, near the Arafura Sea in northern Australia. The legend tells of the father of all bats engaged in a battle of wits with Rainbow Snake, the aboriginal deification of water and the creator of life. Now, Rainbow Snake is no dummy, and he traps Sandbat and his clan in the depths of a watery place from which Sandbat can only complain, but remains unable to trouble the people. Thank you. Now, before I take your questions, I just want to make sure that we got all that on the recording. Is it all right, Daniel? Yes, Professor. We... Oh, wait. Uh, let me check the... And with that, um, Cowles leans back in his chair and goes, What do you think of that, then? Uh, it's fascinating. I had no idea that uh, practices like that were practiced in uh, Oceania. I, I thought that um, human sacrifice was uh, purely South American, uh, but I, I suppose I was wrong. Uh, how interesting. You'd be surprised how widespread it is. Here, mm -hmm. take, a, take a look at this as well, and he passes you across a photo. This is the photo that MacWeir um, took that McQueer took of the um of the of the ruins. Oh wow. Yes, it, it certainly looks al al almost like a like a henge, doesn't it? It sort of brings to mind uh Stonehenge from the uh England. Metz. What's your Cthulhu mythos yes. what's your Cthulhu mythos score? One. I won't make you roll for this because you're not going to... You just feel the hair on the back of your neck just like start to raise as you look at this photo. What well, is worth that? 27 luck. What is I, got, I got a 28 against a 1. That's, that's quite a lot of luck. That's fine. You just, feel like, you just feel like the hairs on the back of your neck just like raise a bit as if a chill wind had blown through the room. Could I could I make a theology roll to see if I can see any sort of uh, obvious religious uh, leanings there? Yes, of course. Yeah. Why your... why do I bother? <laughs> not, not, <laughs> your, not your day. Seventy nine against fifty three. You don't recognise that these these ruins these um the slabs are like nothing you've ever seen before. Um, what I can give you as well for reference, um, I can give you the. It's not the. It's not exactly the transcripts of the, what you've just heard, but it contains the same information. So, and um, cows carries on. Well. Seven more months and I'm heading back to Sydney. I got it. There's a colleague of mine out there, David Dodge. He's a good fella. If you're ever out in Sydney or in out in Australia, you should look him up. He's a very capable person. Oh sure. I I've never I've never been to uh, that part of the world, but if I if I find myself over there, I'll uh, I'll make sure to come and say hello. 
Oh, you should make the effort. It's a real picturesque place, especially if they bring up, keep finding yeah, stuff like this. Mm. Yeah, this is because uh, Aboriginals, they were there for a very long time. Didn't do much with the place, but <clears throat> it's really beautiful. Mm. And well, uh, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, you're heading back to um, New York now? Yes, I, I, I've, I think, um, uh, put out all the suppliers. <laughs> no more, no more crises today. Well, best of luck to you. And, um, sorry again to hear about Jackson. Mm. Yes, of course. Um, he was a, a, a great intellectual. You will, you will miss him. No doubt, no doubt. Whilst um, I have you, you don't recognise this, do you? And I'll just sketch out that symbol that we've been seen being carved into people. I've got it in my notes as like an asterisk mm. with brackets. I'll just sketch it out for him as you recognise it. Can't say I've seen anything like that specifically, but it does kind of remind me of some of these sandbat cultures, the father of all, cultures of the father of all bats. Maybe mm. there's some distant relation, but apart from that, it's, it's not one I'm familiar with. Where did you say it came from? Africa. Um, Kenya. Oh. Be an interesting study, actually, to find out. Yes. I'd be surprised if there was any relationship. I just wondered if you've uh, seen it before. No. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, no, mind how you go, Mets. You too. And... Flashing back to the present, at 11.43, the train carrying Professor Eckhart Metz rolls into Grand Central Station. He sort of lopes off. He's got, he's got a reasonably small leather. <coughs> he, can, he can certainly carry it. With one hand. I forget he's quite strong. <laughs> He's 47 years old, but he's 65 mm. strength. Oh, wow. Wow. Well. Mm-hmm. Well. well, I'm wrestling you later. <laughs> <laughs> and so the group is reunited. Good to see you again. Yes, and, and all of you, I, I'm... I'm so sorry that I had to. I had to go. There were um, lots of little fires to put out at Zemskatonic. Uh, no. Never delegate anything that needs to be done. Well, well, the sad news that's just been hit upon me. I have no idea if you know, but. Uh, I have a feeling I need to get out of these clothes and into something a bit more suitable. Sounds like a plan. So, uh, you do know, don't you, about Jackson? That's right, yes, Mr. Elias. Um, oh, God. Unfortunately, I, I had to miss the funeral, but... Unfortunately, I didn't even know there was a funeral. But, uh, uh, yesterday, I guess I'll see my graces. I've only just arrived myself. Mm. Damn traffic and travel around here. I don't know how on earth they managed to get from one point to another, but <laughs> that's beside the point now. If I tell matter is, uh, if I can uh, be there to pay my respects where it's supposed to be, I'll go and see the grave, of course. But I should at least be respectful when it comes down to this. And I will ensure that. Hell, I even wore a suit. In respect of a friend, I would suggest it. (laughs) The time is probably about half past twelve. As been traveling to the station in various ways 
It hasn't snowed again overnight. There's been a lot of snow in New York recently. It hasn't it snowed again overnight, and people are starting to wonder if the worst is over. Yes. What month is that? Still January. Right. Okay. Thank yep. you. I've got some historic. I've got some historical notes there that says that says New York did suffer from a lot of snow in um, January that year, <clears throat> and people are starting to wonder if the worst is over. But it's like slushy, icy snow where it's not quite melted. It's just there causing havoc with the traffic. Yeah. Carlton, Carlton Ramsey's office, where the will is to be read, is up in Harlem. So it might take to get up there. What time do we have to be there? Two o'clock is the will reading. Sorry. And after all our conversations, how long do we have? Probably about an hour, hour and a half. Long enough to shower, get a bite to eat, head over? I should think so, yeah. I'm going to yeah. see if I can find a, a decent suit place and drag Flint along. Mm. <laughs> at very least, you're having a bloody jacket. Hi. Hi, uh, I'm afraid. I, I think, I think we've suit. already lost this argument. <laughs> <laughs> Come along, you. I was going to say, they've already had me in a suit once. I'm not getting in one again. <laughs> I'm not seeing a full suit. That's sort of like having an arm around the thing. I'm not seeing a full suit. I'm just seeing a little bit for now. Come on. I have a or are you saying you've got his, uh, <laughs> He has a... He pulls his jacket, Jaguar pelt tighter <laughs> around him. <laughs> right. In which case, <laughs> we're going to get it cleaned. How about that? I watched it this morning. <laughs> I am certain you did with as much of your own urine as you possibly could muster. But come on now, this is serious. How how is that's Tim? All. I'm always serious. How is how is Tim reacting to all this banter that's going on? <laughs> uh, probably staring up at the ceiling with exasperation. Mm. Amazing. I will say that I'm going to look for a nice place where I can get a decent kilt. Imagining that in a place like this, it's got to be a good suit to do. It could do a decent round version of a kilt. Make even me, if it's a knockoff. Make me a luck roll, please. <laughs> okay. And that is a 42 versus 54, which is a regular success. Nice. You do find it's actually the same. Um, it actually turns out to be the same place where the others got their suits for the funeral um they do have some what they call more exotic um national dress and you do find a rather probably not the most accurate kilt but it it passes it it, it looks it looks right it looks the part for the sake of a lack of time or whatnot <laughs> i'll take it mine are you watch yourself it's probably going to be chilly out there if you wear that thing <laughs> Chilly says Oh and you know I thought you were meant to be a bit better off than the English. <laughs> right. <laughs> you take care and all, but I'll take care of me. <laughs> oh, have you got some kind of pelt you could wrap around this one to make him look a bit more presentable? <laughs> he looks at um Flint with recognition. You were in here the other day, weren't you, sir? <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, the, the and the he was jag... so dying to come back. <laughs> that jack, that Still jacket, that that good. I'm, I'm glad. Um, I'm, I'm glad. I hope it's been of use to you. Um, I was going to say, Flint, I'll pull it out of his bag and he's sticking <laughs> into the jacket into it. <laughs> the shopkeeper looks a bit nonplussed at that, but um, I was going to say it's much better now. It, and it... Flint puts it on. <laughs> Happy? Oh is there anything you can do in regards to that thing? Um, I mean, we're going off for the sake of recording a person dying. I know, I, I do. You, I have read of a good um, psychiatrist. If you want to take him along, I'll let you look at Flint. What are you doing at the moment, Flint? <laughs> Flint is just admiring his. Uh... Jacket that he's sewn the bits of fur into. <laughs> Thinking, you know, I look good. 
I'm not entirely sure that a civilian psychiatrist will do the trick. But thank you very much for the offer anyway. <laughs> uh, I was meaning more along all the lines of the appearance side of things. Is there you know, anything you can do to tart that thing up? Um, but maybe present it as if it's something else, like you were to take it behind, clean it, and then it suddenly turns into something else. Shopkeeper looks at Flint, and he looks. He looks like he he sees Flint's like face, and he's like, "I think I'm going to leave this one alone, sir. I know when the battle is not <laughs> going to be won." <laughs> all right, all right, it's worth a try. But I suppose can he dress up a bear? <laughs> right. What's Tim been doing in all this? <laughs> what has Tim been doing all this? <laughs> Uh, hey, what has Tim been up to all this team? Yeah, <laughs> uh, probably observing Wrestler. I mean, I feel like I'm probably sliding back to the last talk to my last talkative points, but at this point, it's obviously probably just Tim observing with mm-hmm. various uh, expressions of has. Uh, half exasperation, half amusement, <laughs> and Mets. Uh, how's how's Mets reacting to this this comedy that's being played in front of him? <laughs> I think he's just quite charmed. You know, I think he, he quite likes these gentlemen, but he does think that they're a bit insane. Um, <laughs> he's 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 sort of quiet, quietly using his sanity in psychoanalysis. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What pathologies am I looking at? <laughs> By chance, are we going past the hotel on the way? I'd like to try and freshen up. I potentially get my garments washed. <laughs> we can, we can, we can, say, we can say that you can drop in at the hotel, Wardorf. Um, you're probably in the same place as the others. Wardorf Astoria. Um, freshen up a bit. Grab a bite to eat. Come out. Make you- sure to get signed in as Arthur Wallace as well. Are you wearing? Are you going to wear your kilt as well to the will reading? I will be wearing the kilt to the will reading. Okay. It might not be my colours, but it comes from my country and is the most <laughs> honour I can give in this current stance. If there is nothing else, we can f- um, move to the time of the will reading. Um, mm-hmm. At about 10 to 2, one fifty, you find yourselves outside the door of Carlton Ramsey's law firm. Um, the door is answered by familiar face to Flint and to Tim. Willa, the, nep- the, niece, nephew, the niece of Carlton Ramsey and also his secretary. Oh, yes, um, you must be here for the will reading. Um, please come up. Um, oh, you, you brought some more people with you. Um, hello, I, I'm Willa. Um, I'm Mr. Ramsey's um, secretary. It's very nice to meet you. Whispers to, to, whispers, to, whispers to Tim. Is that man wearing a skirt? <laughs> no, it's a Scottish thing. It's called a kilt. Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it is an honour to meet Ramsey. you. For sadly, in such stricken times, not quite the best way. And she probably like starts blushing, starts starts blushing a bit because she's not used to people being polite to her in that way. Oh, um, please, please, please come this way. And she leads you upstairs to the main office where Carlton Ramsey himself is waiting for you. I've got a picture of him as well. Here he is, and he's um, sitting at the head of a table that's large enough for all of you to sit at. And he says, um. Gentlemen, Mr. Sullivan, Mr. Lark, and uh, Mr. Smith, and Mr. Metz as well, I presume? Professor. Oh, please forgive me, Professor Metz. Um, I'm immediately looking at the other, just sort of trying to give a signal in my eyes as in, I thought we were using pseudonyms. (laughs) No. Pseudonyms for the other place. (laughs) Tim just leans over and says, let's... This is not Goodman. This is this is someone we can trust. <laughs> Aye. Alright, I trust your judgment. Hello. 
Oh. Pleasure to meet you. Immediately goes for a handshake, taking the hat off once again. He shakes your hand quite readily, and he goes, um, yes, it's a pleasure to meet you. I just wish it was under better circumstances. Um, please, please, please have a seat. Um, and he goes, Aye. he also go, he goes to his own, like, um, behind his desk, and he pulls out a nice stiff bourbon. And pours. He pulls a bottle of stiff bourbon and pours, like, small glasses for each of you. He does know what prohibition is, and quite frankly, he doesn't care. Um, gentlemen, before we begin, to Jackson. To Jackson. To Jackson. To Jackson. He sits down and he opens a file in front of him. The will reading of Jackson Elias. Um, before I read this, he came to my office day before yesterday and... Um, he gave me something for you to listen to. And he reaches out and pulls his own phone device. Along with the... Um, along with a cylinder to go with it. And he plays this for you. Greetings from beyond the grave. By now, I'm sure you've learned that what I've left you is a whole heap of trouble. I understand if you just want to walk away from the whole thing. Hell, I'm dead now, and I'm still wishing I could have walked away from it. But I couldn't do that. And I don't think you're going to either. You've been there for me in the past when I needed you. It's too late to save me, but I hope I can count on you one last time. I've been traveling all over the world, pulling at threads. Believe me, I'm on to something big. Carlton and Jonah can give you some of the details. They've got some of my papers and notes. But there's still so much to follow up on. So much that still needs to be done. I'm assuming I've been murdered and I'm counting on you to bring my killers to justice. If I just got mowed down by a trolley car, well, consider me embarrassed and you off the hook. But I suspect it'll be something else. And it's not going to be easy to follow it out to the end. Y you don't need to finish my book. None of you can write worth a damn. I'm, I'm sorry for all this. I wouldn't ask if it wasn't important. Remember me. Your friend. Jackson Elias. Okay. Shot him. I'm writing that damn book. <laughs> <laughs> Carlton Ramsey leans forward and um, opens some papers. Uh, the terms of Mr. of Jackson's will are quite simple. He has given full power of attorney to me, um, given me a authority to liquidate his assets and to use these assets to create and manage a fund. Um, Jackson requests that any of his friends who attend the reading make use of this fund to continue his investigation into the Carlisle expedition. I am empowered to make disbursements from the fund to pay for travel, accommodation, living costs, equipment purchases, legal bills and medical expenses. Um, if you have any expenses, please send me the receipts and I will send the money back to you. I'm also empowered to act as a central point of contact if you split into different groups to go to different places or if other people are required, I'm to be the to be the liaison between them. Looks it. That's it. That's the terms of his will. <clears throat> Did Mr. Elias not have any family? Uh, no. He he certainly never mentioned them to me. I got the impression that he is either an outcast or all his family had long since gone. Oh. So can we spend this money however we wish? I have the final say over what gets re of what gets expensed and what gets um, reclaimed. But um, apart from that, as long as it pertains to the terms of the will to put to the investigation, I'm happy to make any disbursements as required. So don't go buying big golden statues for no reason. <laughs> But she's slowly turning to look at that. I was saying when I come down to the moon, I heard that sort of gold statue. And she just slowly turning around and looking, <laughs> staring down. Carlton says, um, I have to ask each of you now, are you willing to 
undertake this investigation in memory of Jackson? Well, yes, of course. Aye, someone has to finish off his book. And I can't end with a cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. He's dragged me this far out of the wilds. Well, in which I do so reluctantly, though. (laughs) A good starting point. Maybe Jonah Kensington, his publisher. um, You met him, Mr. Locke and Mr. Sullivan. You met him at the funeral. He may be the best person to go to. Jackson was very close to him, and he may have left some papers with him. In fact, he looks at his watch. He may still be at his place now in Prospero House Publishing. If you hurry, you might catch him. Yes. Uh, right on, lad. Right. I think it's about time we go and see this person. Okay. Is that the view, is that all of you going to, or all of you going to see? Um... I was going to say, I'll go to um, Tim and say, uh, should we be investigating that Sphinx some more if we can get a hold of it now? We've got some funds. Yes. Uh, yes, we better go do that and uh, yeah, make sure everyone knows that we've that it's alias time. <laughs> I'll say oh that goodness. I'll say that the um, antique shop is on the way to Prospero House Publishing, so it's very easy to pop in. And of course, you are met. Well, of course, the shop is empty when you enter. Um, those of you who weren't here last time, it's a very dusty shop, lots of bric-a-brac all over the place. A couple of large, elaborate green chandeliers hanging from the ceiling. Various cultures, Peruvian, Egyptian. At the far end of the shop, there's the counter with the bell on it. No one seems to be standing there attending it. I'm going to give a quick tap on uh, Tim's shoulder. What the hell are we doing here? I thought we were going to go and have that word with that chat. Well, we first have to get something, and I'll just let you know it's alias time. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds like a... That sounds like something you hear out of a superhero comic. Can we do it better <laughs> we? Just start using me, me other name. I'll get the gist. <laughs> uh, well, trust me, even if I didn't say it, this was the, this is the sort of guy that you just know. It's not the best. It's not best to give your real name. Oh, and Eckhart, uh, in your absence, I gave you the alias of Arnold Kaiser. Arnold. Thank you. Kaiser. Very loaded. Yeah. Well, yes, should have been well, like uh, me. Come around sooner or later. And not be as important, you can name yourself. Uh, yes, <laughs> well. Just, yeah. um, murderer's breath. I'm Miss Loretta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, so. Who here would like to Summon Satan. <laughs> I'll have a, can I have a, a quick look around just beforehand, see if I find anything, if I see anything interesting or uh, possibly sort of obviously like occult or theological or whatever. Yeah, um, make me a spot hidden roll, please. I'm not very good at that, but I'll have a go. <laughs> No, Ooh. that is that is an eighty-eight against forty-five. Oh wow! Maybe one. I don't go near. I have no. I don't know about looking at cold stuff, but anything which sort of gets a shiver down my spine. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you your... looking for, Kaiser? Anything in particular? Yeah, just uh, you know, it's a sort of antique shop. You you can never be sure what is what is going to show up. Some uh, strange. Um, Idol or fetish or reliquary. Knowing, knowing that, would I be able to have a little scout round as well? Yes. I was going to say, can I... Anybody wishes to look around the shop, please make me spot hidden rolls. But just while I'm doing that, just sort of saying to myself, fetish. Uh, <laughs> That's right. an extreme success for me. And I got a regular success 54 versus 65. 
Okay. I'll start with um, Flint with that extreme. You've been here before, Flint, so you kind of know what's here. And you kind of zero in on that same Egyptian book that you saw the reading from before. Hmm. How about how about this? And I pick up the book. <laughs> For the others, it's um, it seems to be a history of the third dynasty, I believe it is of the, uh, and it seems to be detailing the. It's dealing with the third dynasty, um, a name that you may not be familiar with, the name Nefren Kar. Uh, you, you dropped out you halfway that... through with me. Could you put that in chat? Because oh, I'm not yeah. going to be able to spell it, even if I do hear you say it. Yes. Ne Nefrenkar, something like that. There we are. Nefrenkar. Yeah, I completely spelled that wrong to start off with. Well, so did I thought there were more H's in it. <laughs> Different F sound I put in, that's all. <laughs> Oh god damn it, I wrote it down wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well what do I know? Do I know anything about Egyptology? Do you know anything oh. about Egyptology? <laughs> I've a little bit of history. Okay. Let me give it some kind of a role. Is it like yeah. this is a this is a name I haven't heard. Do I know enough? To be like, oh yeah, like the car suffix means. Okay. Um, ooh, I'll have to ask you for ooh, probably a hard success in that case. That's fair. Can I get a try on that one as well? <laughs> oh, no, mind. I got a hard success. <laughs> you may have that come is... across may have come across a name in your studies. Apparently, he is not very well thought of in the. In the terms of fact, it's so hard to find. It's almost like he'd been erased from history. Not unlike Akhenaten, <laughs> Tutankhamun. Okay, so just unpopular mentions of him have been wiped out, pretty much. Okay. And with that. The bell awaits you on the counter. There's still no sign of anybody, any proprietor of the shop yet. Yes, um, is, is anybody going to ding the bell? Uh, yes, that would be me. Um, one moment before you do, I just need to... Yeah, there we are, we're back. Okay, yep. Power roll. <laughs> it's okay, I was just about to hit the air horn sound on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. Is there a sound? Oh no. <laughs> no okay. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm sorry. And as you do, um, you see this person appear almost out of nowhere. Yes, hello, can I help you? My name is Lester Goodman. I'm the owner of this show. Uh, yes, Mr. Goodman, you remember me. Uh, I'm H. Ryder Haygard with my friend Lon Cheney, and we also brought our other friends Arnold Kaiser, Arnold Kaiser and Arthur Wallace. Oh, of course, of course, I remember you. You were interested in this uh, Sphinx, and he picks up the Sphinx and shows you, and it's a very beautiful Sphinx made of black quartz. I'm asked were you interested in the Sphinx. I'm just looking yeah. at the swing, seeing if I can see anything at all. Is there anything I can roll to see if I can figure out why enough they think that the swings is important without outright asking about it? <laughs> I mean, I've already asked. Mm -hmm. Oh right, yeah. So, I'm just trying to. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to find my notes. That's all. <laughs> we all know the swings is important. I, I must have missed that part. It was a deal all the lines. I didn't hear that. Sorry. Yeah. No. It was. Um... Uh, yeah, from what I remember, it was from um, from that third dynasty period or something, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, I'm looking at my notes. Yes, third dynasty from the reign of Nefron Kar, I believe. 
and it's a uh, black black quartz. Yep, and the price is still eighty dollars for it, sir. Can you remind me, Mr. Goodman, um, what do you know about this Mephron car? Well, sir, I'm just a humble antique shop dealer. I'm sure um, other people know better than me. All I know is um, he was some, started himself as some pharaoh in the Third Dynasty, and um, he got, well, I say deposed. That's a, probably a, um, light, a lighter word for what, what probably happened to him. I think. Why, sir? Just, is, um, are you interested in Egyptology? No, no, it's just uh, curiosity. Um, uh, yeah. Um, do you happen to know where we could potentially find more information on him? Well, that book you're holding there, sir, might be a source. Or, um, I believe. Although I, I believe some of the some of the libraries around may have some information on him, sir. I'm sorry, hmm. I, I can't be much more much more helpful than this. Very well. Um, in that case, uh, can we buy the Sphinx and this book, please? Of course, sir. Uh, hold on. Can I, why, why are we interested in this? I thought I thought that we were interested in so Kenyan cults. Why why is Egypt involved? Am I missing something? Uh, because the, the uh, oh, I can't remember why we got onto that actually <laughs> last time. Well, never seen it. Never seen anything like it before, and it's genuine. Right, but that doesn't mean that it's relevant. I'm not. I'm not trying to. Just think about the expenses. We need to. We need to be able to justify this. Can I roll a history and see if I can figure out using my limited knowledge of history I've gained from uh, taking a look through these books of my favourite guy, Colorado and all that lot. But uh, maybe, maybe there is a connection. Can I try and figure it out? Yeah, make me a... Ooh, make me a... I'm going to say a history check for this. All right. Cross your toes and wish for luck. Ah, it didn't work. All right, so that's a failure there. 57 versus 25. Uh, I think I might try a history roll. Okay, make me a history roll. Muller. Can I try? Yeah. I have occult and theology, Jeff. Would either of those be useful? Occult role, please. Someday, someday I'll get to use theology. Yeah, that's a hard success. 1666. <laughs> I, I could make it an extreme success by spending a little bit of luck. I think hard success will be fine for this. Um, you look at it and you do feel that there is something about it, something unique about it. You, you, in all your studies, you've not heard of anything like this coming out from Egypt. Mm. It reminds you oh. almost, in fact, it reminds you almost of the Egyptian sarcophagus you got from Meriwether. Right, okay. I haven't heard of anything like this coming out. Do I, do I get the impression that it's, it is Egyptian? Yes, it is absolutely. Oh, it's an occult role, like. It is, abso <sighs> it is absolutely genuine, yes. I have a picture of it here, if you wish, if you want. And I was going to say, uh, I've just been looking through all the handouts. Um, we're supposed to be tracking the Carlisle expedition, and they did go to Egypt. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, I see. That's why so I, I remember. These, mm, these carvings in the base, hmm. do I have any idea if those have occult significance? I might not know what they mean, but like, have I seen these on, you know, uh, like a sarcophagus, like a... a, 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 a the wall of a pyramid or something. Does that indicate that there's something to do with death or whatever? Um, probably some symbols meaning like guardian. Or... Uh, but that's probably about it. It's probably about as far as your knowledge goes. Uh, Lester Goodman just stands there with his smile reaching from ear to ear. So, sir, that was the book and the Sphinx. Um, that'll be $150 in total, please. 
Uh, can I potentially come forth and try and convince him to go for a lower rate? How go. are you? How are you going to do this? I am going to try and intimidate him. Oh God! Because I, when it comes I, down to it, the fact of the matter is, I'm pretty much going to come up and in the deepest growling version, be saying. I know the sound of a hustler when I hear one. And basically getting hands on, looking like I am literally trying to pull myself to the front. And I don't very much like hustlers playing with my friends. I want you to look me dead in the eye and tell me what's your actual ghost. Oh, God. Make me an int... Jason, roll, please. Oh, jeez. That is hey. a success. 40 you see, versus 75. See, I can't roll his eyes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> see, oh, this again. <laughs> Lester just still smiling. He just shrugs. Yeah, you sure, you sure know how to make a point, sir. Um, How about 110? I, I'm trying to size him up as best I can. Can I tell whether that seems to be a good price or he's scared and giving a lower price in his mind? It's a very good price. It's a very good price. In which case, as I sort of look at him and almost with a sniff, fine. Peter man. <laughs> I'm yeah. just trying to keep that presence as I walk away as if Give it a second. See anything different? I'm coming back. Uh, you, you know what I'm imagining right now? Go on. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, the uh, town, town, Batman's so and so of a memberless. Oh yes, yeah. Lester, I'm just just imagining a text saying Lester Goodman will remember this. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a very different statement, to be fair. I was expecting to say, I was just imagining that the kilt had fallen off. And that's the reason why. <laughs> he, Lester wraps up this sphinx. Lester wraps up the sphinx and the book. Um, and you have to forgive me, I didn't expect you to buy the book. I've only got, I've got a receipt here. He makes that receipt for the sphinx and a separate receipt for the book, but I've got the receipt for the sphinx for now. There we are. Ooh. Oh, lovely. Very nice. Can I, just whilst he's doing this, can I do a cheeky psychology roll on him? Just like, what's his deal? Why is he smiling so much? <laughs> is he actually, is he actually concerned by Denver or is he just kind of playing along? What kind of vibes am I getting? I forgot to so. <laughs> say. What, 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 what was it? What was it? I would it? like to pass one roll. <laughs> yeah, you don't get a read on him at all. Um, although... Uh, I am tempted to push it, but I shouldn't. Yeah. Go yeah, on, you, you know you, you want to. Go on. <laughs> how would I push it? Um, how would you push it? Look look even harder. <laughs> just like, really, just like, really like, that's, peer that's at him. Problem. That's the problem with these it's guys. Yeah, I guess I'd just be like, getting a bit too close. Um, not being subtle about it, I guess. <laughs> Rubbing a finger across his forehead. See if there's any sweat. <laughs> I, I, you know what? You know what? I think I think Eckhart Matz sort of turns his back on the others, gets out a little mm. um, tin, and dabs his finger in some white powder. Just... <sighs> oh dear. And then turns back around to have another lunch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, make me another roll. Ah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> What was it? What was the result? I, uh, that is that is a regular success. That is a thirty-eight against fifty-five. So yeah, I, I can't. Matt takes a, a cheeky snifter of coke and then looks <coughs> harder. Okay, you. Even though it's hard to get a read on him, you get the feeling that he is not mm. frightened by Demo Smith in the slightest. Yeah. But he rather remember less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I think he'll remember this. <laughs> oh yeah, this is going to come back to bite us, I'm sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> Pretty much everything that we do comes back to bite us eventually. <laughs> I just don't have a good feeling about the sky. I I uh... I, I really like him. <laughs> He's just like a little bit sinister. Um, with that, will there be anything else, sirs? Um, you all have a really nice day now. You here? You know what? I think I think I'll I'll pick up something that looks like that is like reasonably cheap, like it's got like a two dollar price tag or something. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. it's just like a little charge key, and I'll just I'll just buy that as like a gesture of goodwill. Like, hey, sorry, my friend just fleeced you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> and it's a nice noise. Before we can continue on to um, Prosper House Publishing, Johnny Kensington, is now a good time for a quick break. Yeah. Yes, yeah. no, it's not a bad call. Okay. Um, see you back in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Cool. See you in a bit. At this point, technical difficulties overtook us, and we decided to bring the episode to a close. Thank you very much for watching. You have been listening to Masks of Nialat Hotep, a Final Boss Fight audio podcast with Ben the Quest Giver as Denver Smith. Kieran as Professor Eckhart Metz, Brian Croy Dragon as Tim Sullivan, and Robin as Flint Lock. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a review. This episode was originally broadcast on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Final Boss Fight Live. We stream this and other games and campaigns every month with video replays on YouTube and an active Discord community. For further details, visit our website finalbossfights.co.uk. Until next time, take up your sword and let's take this final boss down together. <laughs>